everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And this is the show uh, where we are talking on friendship and we pick a movie that's Hallmark or Hallmark adjacent. And we talk about it from the perspective of friendship and other relationships. And it's going to be super fun because today we're getting a little trippy, getting a little <laughs> existential. <laughs> and we're talking about 1998's underrated romantic comedy film, in my opinion, at least, uh, is Sliding Doors that we're talking about. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Lisa Lucas is here. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm excited about talking about relationships and friendship after getting back from a trip to see Anna Green Gables in Desert Island. So (laughs) let's do it. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, this is a movie that I, like I said, I have felt for a long time was underrated. I, I think that it has kind of something to say. And I mm-hmm. think because Gwyneth Paltrow became such a, you know, kind of a polarizing figure with goop and everything like yeah. that, that it, it kind of caused everybody to sort of, not everybody, but a lot of people to sort of dis- dismiss mm-hmm. everything she's in. And uh, she's, she's, she can be a good actress. I mean, she's yeah. Academy Award winner. Shakespeare for, in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course the classic uh, thriller mystery seven. <laughs> Which her role is uh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't even know she was in that. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, you've never seen it? Oh, no. There's a classic line in it. It's it's actually really dark and disturbing. So we don't have to go into what's that. What's in the box, right? Yes, Isn't it's what's the... in the box. <laughs> when I got my new television, the instruction said, what's in the box? And then it had like a list of all the things that was going to be in the box. And I just cackled for like 10 minutes because... If you know, you know, and if you don't know and you don't like disturbing movies, then please don't do it. I actually saw it on a first date in high school, and oh it was gosh. not a good first date movie, okay? <laughs> it's like a Is that why there was killer. no second date? No, our second date was to Copycat, the other serial killer movie <laughs> that came out around the same time. So, <laughs> if you're wondering, why was she, she ever into Hallmark? Again, Lifetime, uh, serial killers. <laughs> He was my uh, quote-unquote boyfriend. <laughs> well, he ended up being my boyfriend for a little less than a year, but in high school. So. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's really funny. I didn't know well, I'd be sharing that today, but everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> young love. Uh, but in, uh, in this movie, this movie is, is like slightly based, like the concept there was a film called Blind Chance, which oh. is a Polish film by, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name and I apologize, but there's a Polish famous director named Krzysztof Kozlowski. That's probably and pretty close. That sounds, I hope so. Sounds, I don't know. This sounds <laughs> but right, but we apologize if not. <laughs> he's really famous for a, a trilogy of movies called The Colors Trilogy. And, it's, okay. and there's a movie called Red, a movie called Blue, oh. and a movie called White. Oh. And uh, I reviewed them for Blind Spot, uh, I think in 2020. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, they they're good movies, except for I don't like White. White oh. wasn't good. <laughs> it was trying to be like funny, and it just did not work for me really at all. But the but other two are worth red. seeing. They're worth yes. seeing. Okay, blue and red. Are good. <laughs> white is garbage. Interesting. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was because of the French flag. Oh, yeah. That is makes why sense. he's yeah. in the... Uh, yeah. 
anyway, so he's an interesting director. He, uh, and the idea of the red, white, and blue movies is that they're all happening at the same time. Oh, and so, interesting. Like, you'll see, so you're, if you're watching red, you might see the characters from blue walk by or yeah, like okay. come up to the counter and say something. So these, all these events are all happening at the same time, but none of the people really know each other until the That's- very end with red it's, it's actually blue white red yeah. and then it red uh they all kind of finally are all on this boat together <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> that's a really combined. interesting concept like you yeah. really have to be mindful of the story you're telling and how you're going to incorporate <laughs> and and like less complicated but you know sometimes similar yeah. have you ever seen it we should actually do this movie for the podcast Playing by Heart. Have you ever seen that with Angelina Jolie, John Stewart, and Gillian Anderson? Well, I won't spoil it because I think it, it's a romantic. Com- I think it would be a great movie to do, but the people are interconnected and you don't know it, and so okay, like, yeah. But it's you know, kind of reminds me. Maybe it's the Americanized version, or well, I guess <laughs> Sliding Doors is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so for Blind Chance, there's three stories that are told. And this was made in 1987, so mm-hmm. it's still sort of Cold War, Soviet. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. The main difference in all three lives is that he chooses to be a member of the Communist Party. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Kind <laughs> of things like they kind of all end badly. <laughs> but, but, Real uppers, then, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. The the, <laughs> the the three different lives, as opposed to this you know the subway in in yeah. uh, in in blind chance it's a does he choose to be a communist or not <laughs> <laughs> well this i think is a Difference. little bit more agreeable to audiences perhaps <laughs> yeah i don't know if i would recommend for the average hallmark person to watch blind chance yeah, but it is it, criterion it's, it's, if um we we have a list though so no seven <laughs> no blind chance <laughs> stick with the movies we watch we'll help you out <laughs> But I guess the, the question about this movie, though, so of course we have Gwyneth Paltrow's character, Helen. In one mm-hmm. case, she makes the subway. In the other case, she doesn't make the subway. Oof. But the question is, is either story interesting on its own? If it was just, if there wasn't this thing capturing it together, because this is a criticism I heard a lot when mm. I was going through the critiques of the day, that that neither story by itself is compelling oh. enough to stand on its own as its own movie. What do you think about that? I think that's an interesting critique. And for me, like the first thing I start thinking about knowing I'm going to be watching this movie is what would happen in life if we made a different decision, something small that can mm-hmm. lead to these big changes. And I think that each movie, if each story on its own, whether she made the subway or not, is for me an interesting relationship story, maybe a little bit too common and realistic for people to enjoy. <laughs> so having the the sliding door aspect of it, I think does make it a more compelling story. But mm-hmm. if you think about, you got one story where it's like your partner's cheating on you and you don't know it kind of thing. And then you have another one where you find out and then you sort of change your life. And I think those are things that, that do happen but like on their own might be the the first one for for sure is a lot more depressing right yeah the uh the uh the makes the subway yes storyline is way better 
than yes. not make the subway storyline. <laughs> I feel a terrible for Helen and and both yeah. of them, but definitely in the first story when yeah. she brown haired no brown haired Helen has a way worse time. Yeah, well, we could say Helen versus Gwyneth because Helen had this long brown hair, <laughs> kind of mousy brown, if you don't mind me saying so. And then you have the classic short blonde Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. cut uh, but, a, a Helen. <laughs> but I also think it's kind of an unfair question because I think the sort of parallels of both of the stories are kind of needed and it mm-hmm. sort of gets your brain going so that that you need both for it to make it special. I yeah. do think individually, I think that John Hanna is charming enough and sweet enough that I could be fine with blonde hair. Is he James? Helen. Yes. Okay. And James is acceptable. I could be fine just watching a movie about blonde haired Helen. Yeah. But, but I think the contrast between the two is pretty, is, is what makes it kind of special and fun. Yeah. And also it, it makes me think like, okay, so if I didn't make the subway, what would my life be like if I did make the subway, right? Like there's lots yeah. of different ways and there's probably always been a time in our life when we've had that question. If we watch like the butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher, which is where like things slightly change based on decisions made. And I think that's something we think about because when things don't go our way, there's that experience of of regret, right? So I think an inherently humane person is going to think about these changes that we make. Um, and so I I think it's absolutely needed for, I think it's an interesting story to tell yeah. because I think what we also do is get a comparison and we can see that Helen's life is a whole lot better in one of these stories than the other. Yeah. Really? I mean, her life is so much better if she makes the subway. Than if yeah. She and it. despite you know, partner cheating, like, it's probably better to know sooner and to get out of there and figure out what you're going to do with your life and move on versus, mm-hmm. like, not knowing and working your, working all hours of the day to support, quote, unquote, these are air quotes, a novelist <laughs> boyfriend. It's just like, ugh, it's infuriating. Yeah. So, like, you know, if Helen could reflect on her life, she'd be like, I want to be blonde Helen. <laughs> Which it is surprising and, that they, not to jump ahead to the ending, but it is kind yeah. of surprising they end with brown Helen. Yeah, I actually, like the ending, I was like, oh, we're choosing violence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. And I swear I saw this in the theater. Or maybe we had it, because I worked at a movie theater when it came out. So maybe I saw bits and pieces, but I swear I saw this. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wow, Helen is having a violent time. And I was like, this is not okay. (laughs) Because his Helen has just died, basically. Yeah. And he comes down and he, they end up in the lift uh, together, elevator together, and with brown Helen. And (laughs) yeah. And, uh, he picks up her earring and obviously that's supposed to be sort of our ending that, you know, they're going to, they find each other in the end. Love so wins in the end. It, but, so is it supposed to say then that brown haired Helen who has gone through losing her job. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. So you yeah. let me know, Rachel. Well, but, I mean, it's, just I mean, it's sort of the nature of the story, right? <laughs> yeah. So in the end, it is 
the the brown brown haired Helen is the one that wins the day. That's the one that is actually real. I guess so, is actually. So are they saying that we have to go through more trauma? <laughs> I don't know. I don't to, know. To get to well, the let's good talk stuff. it out. Let's talk okay. it out, and maybe we'll figure it out as we go. Well, I think the only way to do this is to is to talk about them separately. It'd be yeah. too confusing. So I have uh, blonde haired Helen. So we're going to talk about, and then I have brown-haired Helen, and we'll talk okay. about blonde-haired first. So okay. they they both start with she gets fired for stealing the booze from her PR clinic, <laughs> which was really like stupid a... of hers. And but yeah. why does her? I don't understand why her PR place has like loads of booze around. And also, like, <laughs> is she sort of indicated when they she was getting fired that they had wanted her out for a long time, so it was like an easy thing where maybe that normally wouldn't have happened to people. They might've just yeah. been replaced the booze, you know? Yeah. And I mean, evidence she's working for like the Wolf of Wall Street or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, would, like, oh, I would have loved Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but she drops her earring and John Hannah, James, uh, he helps her and they have their, I guess, kind of meet cute. Yeah. And uh, she makes a subway and she sits next to him again, John Hanna. And he says, everyone knows the Beatles lyrics subconsciously from the womb. <laughs> and, uh, and he also says that uh, confined spaces, everyone shuts down. Perhaps everyone on the lift is a psychopath. And she says, I don't, I don't think you're a psychopath. <laughs> but she's also like, but, I've just been fired and I'm on the subway. So leave me alone. And mm-hmm. he is nonstop talking and i always thought for a moment i was like get up and move <laughs> yeah and uh, and yeah she's just said that oh, i'm i'm just got fired and everything and she, he says i have people i consider soulmates that don't confide in me this much <laughs> and I, he says remember what the monty python boys say yes this is always think on the sprite side of life no <laughs> <laughs> nobody expects the spanish inquisition yes so. <laughs> uh yes are have you are you a monty python fan i i know of it i don't know enough but i i do understand enough that it's it's a way to indicate that like maybe you saying that right now and then at the very end brown-haired helen says it back correctly uh-huh. is it really about james then <laughs> and it, right. finding his soulmate like i understand that would be a connector for people like mm-hmm. if you get monty python you get it right you know yeah. so i know and, enough of that but i don't know enough about it to, it, be, able to be in on it <laughs> especially monty python and the holy grail i think it's got to be one of the most quoted movies ever made mm-hmm. i mean you just go around and everybody has a money Python of the Holy Grail kind of quoted is <laughs> uh, as, as far as amongst movie fans, at least. Yes. I mean, my my brother must have quoted the entire movie to me before I even saw it <laughs> over and over and over again. He's like and performing the fact that I still, it like Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I still really enjoyed it. It's probably my favorite comedy that I've ever seen. It's oh, wow. so funny. Yeah. It's really Bold good. statement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's hilarious and uh and so yeah i mean especially there's just some very very memorable scenes like there's a Mm -hmm. a whole scene with this black knight who uh, who uh keeps challenging arthur (laughs) and and he keeps losing limbs and he's like 
what are you a coward <laughs> he's like you're you're mortally wounded <laughs> Just a small scratch, you know, and I don't know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's just things like that that are ridiculous love, and funny. I think my favorite part about that is not necessarily the quote, but you laughing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You coward. I love, I love afraid when, to fight. <laughs> I love when people are tickled about something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of it is one of my favorites. I really <laughs> enjoy it. Uh, and I have if you if you haven't seen it, you definitely. I haven't, so maybe I'll add it to my list. I mm-hmm. not. I've been watching a lot of reality TV right now, so I'll have to like yeah. rotate it in. <laughs> <laughs> so that already kind of wins him over, I think, to a lot of the audience. Like, oh, this guy is great. He's yeah, funny. Like, He's I sweet. He's charming. Yeah. yeah, He's pretty funny, but I also was like, maybe she should have missed the subway. <laughs> <laughs> or the tube excuse me in there yeah uh but i was like mm, which one is better making this subway or not mm-hmm. we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor of the podcast from jenny martz the usa today best-selling author of award-winning books filled with love laughter and always a happily ever after comes a sweet funny and heartfelt western romance that will have you swooning jenny martz's Cowboy Ever After is a fish-out-of-water, grumpy, sunshine romance that follows a shy author from the city, her jaded cowboy host, and their journey to trust and love again over a week together on a ranch in Montana. The perfect romance for your summer reading list, Publishers Weekly calls Cowboy Ever After a sweet tale that will have readers eager to return to this picture-perfect Montana town. Available now on Amazon and in stores at Barnes & Noble and select bookstores. For more information about Cowboy Ever After and other titles by Jenny Martz, visit www.jennymartz.com. That's www.jennymartz.com. Or use the affiliate link in the description section below. She gets home and she finds her boyfriend is cheating on her. And uh, she says, I got sacked. So did you, it would seem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jerry. Can we talk about Jerry for a second? Yeah. Let's talk about Jerry. It's terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> I was worst. like, Helen, can we talk about why this is even happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, now, why are you she... in the relationship with him? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, to each their own, but Jerry was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, in both brown-haired and blonde-haired yes. Ellens, he's equally terrible. Because here's the, the thing. He's a novelist who doesn't write his book, and that he even jokes to his friend Russell, like, of course I didn't finish my book. I'm a novelist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's... The, I'm like, so sh- how do you have money? Is it because of Helen? And so you have the audacity <laughs> to cheat on her when she's like supplying your i don't know i just was like yeah and he's not even like the bad man of business that i understand from hallmark where you're just immediately like (laughs) like as soon as i saw his face i was like this isn't gonna be good he's like the squirrely man you punch in your face of business like he's terrible (laughs) i would rather have a bad man of business any day over him (laughs) yeah at least i know like i feel like he couldn't so so we usually usually the bad men of business aren't actually bad like they're just they just work a lot like yeah. they're usually not like bad <laughs> Some people of them are a little narcissistic, <laughs> perhaps but 
But like Jerry, <coughs> excuse me. If if he was narcissistic, he, I mean, he doesn't have the ability, at least in this movie and what I saw, the ability to construct sentences in conversation that are helpful to what's happening at any given time. I yeah, feel and it like, does feel hard to believe that both of these women would be interested in this dweeb. Janine Triplehorn, are you kidding me? Get out of there, girl! Run! She is, she is terrible. I mean, she does a good job in the role, yeah. but her character, Lydia, is terrible in this movie. And, oh, yeah. But I, I don't believe a, a character like her would, would be, really interested be interested in this her. guy. Because I feel like she would want someone similar to herself, which is yeah. very driven, determined, uh, mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like they can each give it to each other type of thing in terms of, like, I just feel like he is in a way like, like what are these women seeing in Jerry? Yeah. Because I mean, it's not like he's a supermodel, you know, like super no. handsome. He reminded me of a British version of David Schwimmer slash Ross Geller from Friends. And it really bothered me. (laughs) The divorcer. (laughs) He's like fine. He's like normal, you know, looking or whatever. But I'm just saying like to to tempt these women to go through this horrible experience. I, I just don't quite get it on that level so then what is he intellectually stimulating it doesn't seem like not. it but he's not no and that's the thing is like i feel like this character like i guess the word i would think some of the words i would think of uh is doormat coward like he talks a big game with his friend russell and the only scenes we ever see of jerry and russell are in the bar so apparently russell just lives at the bar <laughs> right yeah (laughs) so it's him coming in and talking about what's going on and and Russell laughing at him he might but he's always drinking beer and I didn't think like when you work at a bar you should be drinking it what do I know but (laughs) I just feel like he talks up this big game like you know that he's he doesn't seem confident he doesn't seem like he can stand up for himself or other people he doesn't have a moral code like i don't know like there's nothing endearing about him at all like at any point (laughs) sometimes you watch these people in real life though that have like a love triangle and have like lots of women and you're like how um like i watched that uh, i used to watch that show this the sister wife show until c yeah and i'm just like this guy got three (laughs) women Yeah, the women seemed great. I was like, ladies, let's get it together. Because, like, yeah, like, I just, you know, maybe that comes comes to the societal level or cultural implicate, like, just thinking about how, you know, our society is very much about, like, when it comes to relationships, that we should be in a romantic relationship. We should get married and we should have kids. And so it just felt like, no one was going for what they want. It's like settling. I don't really know. It just, it bothered me. Like I Mm. need to know the person who wrote this character. Like (laughs) why? Like, is it supposed to be a combination of terrible traits of all sorts of men? Is it supposed to be like, we're supposed to question her life? Like I I do think Ross Keller is a pretty good comparison though. 
I do. But at least Ross had paleontology and that was exciting. <laughs> because Ross keeps getting all of these women too to marry him. Yeah, the divorcer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, My- like, I was almost surprised in a way because I know there's like tropes and, and movies and things like that. Did you feel like his character reflected something that we've seen before? Like, I felt like, I don't know, he was like, so you were on my podcast, Best Forever, to talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know who yeah. he reminded me? Jerry reminded me of the host at that French restaurant. <laughs> Just like, gross, terrible, weird. Yeah. Like, what? And no, but I actually think that Ross Geller is a great comparison because he's kind of mousy and a little bit annoying. And yeah, uh, yeah, but the I girls just, seem to. I felt like love he him. still had I mean, maybe a little bit more going for him, but I'm not sure. Like with- I think, I think in his case, you know, his first wife, uh, you know, is a lesbian, so like that maybe created some sort of difficulties for yeah. him in, in moving forward. I can, I can understand that. I just. Then with Emily, that was bad. Character, yeah, Emily was terrible too. Okay, Um, I just haven't. I don't know how to talk (laughs) about this guy because I am not used to seeing guys like him in media. Like I watch a lot of media. I watch (laughs) so much media, and this was. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a very Hallmark friendly comment, but I kind of wonder: is he? Is he like super good in the sack? Is that why these women just love him? Perhaps, but even I mean that Helen, seems to be the main appeal of of Gene Triple of Lydia. Yeah, seems I, to be that seems to be the main draw. Well, yeah, because that's all when they're either mad at each other and trying. And he's like, <laughs> "Why are you calling my house? And why are you doing this? And all this kind of stuff?" And yeah. he got followed to the library because because <laughs> Helen was suspicious. I just was like. I don't even think he wanted to be like, I'm like, does he even want to be in these relationships? Like, does he no. even care about Lydia or Helen? Like, that's the no. thing. Like there seemed to be the only well, reason and that's what his... to be there was to get Helen's support. But then yeah. if that's the case and you don't be thrown out on your tush, then why are you cheating on her? Like, right. I, I just, it I seemed like that, that was what the barkeeper friend kept trying to tell him of like, what are you doing? You know, these two yeah. and like, what do you, what do you want? Um, yeah. I don't understand Jerry as a character. I mean, he's definitely a narcissist for sure. And I feel but like, like Brown- not in a way where he's like confident in himself. Like I think narcissists a lot of time have like this overconfidence, uh-huh. like, but he doesn't have that unless he's talking to Russell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's sort of the uh, kind of old Woody Allen type. Oh, she did say of, that. You don't have to yeah, be all. Wo- you don't have to turn into Woody Allen. <laughs> I laughed for like five minutes. There that was, was that kind of that was exactly, and, and like that's not appealing at all. No, no. So, so like, like no matter which sliding door she goes through. Yeah. Jerry should not be there, and I just feel like is this come down? Is this movie about decision making and making bad decisions about being in relationships with people who are not good for us? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it, yeah, so that's the happening? interesting question. Is because so in the end, she ends up in in the course of this movie, she ends up with James one way or another. 
yeah. on both sides. That's kind of a happy ending of it all. But and then Un- I have unlo- I have one slight issue with him, but we can talk about we. I mean, we're still on blonde yeah. Nolan. <laughs> so, but, but sorry, I, I, Jerry yeah. was just confusing and problematic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we have to ask ourselves the question of like, do you think that your life? changes so much depending on which subway you get on or which in do you think that that's really true or do you think basically it all kinds of evens out i mean there's the whole many worlds theory that there's like multiple versions of basically all of us all you know interacting all around that there's i definitely think that our ability to meet people like she would have met james uh i mean she did i guess that's the thing is like he she had interacted with him a couple different times right brown haired helen yeah. uh you know they were both met him on that elevator with the earring at the beginning right yeah because she hadn't missed the subway yet right <laughs> and then you know, i the think end, about this all the time because i do think there are like big things that seem to be like linchpins in people's lives like well, like for example this- yes when i was 17 my parents moved from maryland to california so i graduated yeah. a year early basically from high school oh and, you're uh, a high iq kid i guess yeah huh? yeah one of those types <laughs> right uh, but <laughs> but Smarty because man. i did that i uh i ended up going to community college for my mm-hmm. senior instead of I would have not been as academic let's put it that yeah. way if I was in Cal I mean if I was in Maryland and uh, I got all A's and so that was what allowed me to get into BYU because mm-hmm. I didn't have a very good ACT score so I needed yeah. those those A's in college in order to get in I think so I got in I started going to BYU in the summer of that year my sister decides to go with me. She graduated super early at 16. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wow. was home to school. I know. Mm-hmm. So she starts going. She meets her, her that summer semester. She meets Seth, who ends up becoming her husband. And mm-hmm. if I hadn't gone away to college when I did, she would not have gone with me. She would not have met him. Yeah. And the everything would be different. If I if my parents had not moved. I don't think I would have gotten into BYU. And if I had gotten into BYU, my sister definitely wouldn't have gone. Yeah. And so, I mean, I do think there's those things that like, seems like a little thing, like move to Maryland, move from Maryland to California. Well, I mean, moves when I was are 17. big transitions. I mean, mm-hmm. moves, I think geographically it changes the people that are going to be in your life mm-hmm. and the opportunities you're going to have. And so mm-hmm. I guess if I take your example and take one from my life, is that what if I didn't go to get my PhD? I wouldn't have my best friend yeah. who I just went on the trip with to Prince Edward Island. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be at Central Michigan University. I wouldn't be, think about all the students I wouldn't have interacted with. Like, what would I be doing in my life? Would I still be married yeah. to the guy I saw seven a copycat? Like, will we have gotten <laughs> married and had kids? I don't have kids. I'm not married. So I do think that the bigger decisions in our life or the bigger changes definitely do, I think have an impact in that. Had I not gone to community college and I went to, you know, a four year university, like I never lived in the residence halls. Right. Cause I went to Mm -hmm. community college. Well, I just see like friends from high school went to college and they have like their best friends are from the people who lived across the hall from them. Like, right. You know? And, and so I do think large changes, 
do. And so that's why I keep coming back to it. Is this about decision making? Like, is this commentary about decisions? Mm -hmm. Not that, okay, she missed the subway because that little girl with her Barbie or whatever, like, get out of the way, kid. (laughs) Yeah, because I think it's really more about, you're right, it's more about the decisions we make versus fate. It makes it seem like it's about fate. But like, there were so many clues along the way for brown haired Helen that she should have made different (laughs) decisions. together. Yeah, like, (laughs) you were with Jerry for two and a half years, but why? (laughs) Yeah. And, Do and like him yourself <laughs> screaming in the like because he sees Lydia in the um in the window and it means yeah. just like weird things happening should have been more of a clue than they were. I mean, yeah. it's amazing that the the brandy glasses seem to be the only clue that matters to her. And I'm like, there's yeah. a lot more going on. Here. There's so many clues. Like, have you read anything of his novel? That would have been a clue. Yes. I would I would definitely want, especially if I'm working two jobs, I yeah. would want to see some of that novel. She working so hard is so infuriating that he's like well i asked her she wanted to go on this research trip with me but i knew she couldn't because she has to work her two jobs (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go have an affair instead of doing research and writing my book like what yeah that's really really bad flip side where we have jerry's story because i have so many questions about him obviously like if you're listening right now and you've never seen the movie i need you to immediately watch it and let me yes. and rachel know what is up with jerry <laughs> <laughs> so she she meets james at the bar anna mm-hmm. finds her there her friend and that yes. is a really nice friendship through both stories well, agree? the only thing I have is like the only thing I will say about Anna as a friend is it's definitely one sided. Anna is giving a lot to Helen, and at the yeah. same time, I have to say, but Helen is going through trauma and she's dating Jerry, so <laughs> Anna's yeah. stepping up for now. And another time, Helen better step up for Anna. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's that's a good point. That's a good point in both <laughs> worlds. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. I did like, it was funny to me in Blonde Haired Helen when uh, she says she's reading the horoscope and hoping he'll hoping he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> reading his Aries horoscope. And Anna's yeah. like, what are you doing? Why are you reading that? that yeah, funny, that was great. <laughs> uh, uh, we also, James says that you never make jokes about women's clothes, hair, or menstrual cycles. Would you agree? <laughs> yes. They're dicey territories. Let's put it that way. I, would not. I think I would add a few things perhaps to the list, but yeah, James is on the right track. Yeah. Uh, 
I liked, I thought it was kind of, they had some good witty banter between James and Helen. Yes. And James says, what are you doing two weeks on Saturday? Helen says, probably killing myself. And James says, excellent. What time does that finish? Do you like boats? (laughs) 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 Um, I thought they were good. And then you see James with his mom and, uh, that he's, you know, like caring for his mom and she gets, she gets the PR job working for this restaurant, a friend of James. Yep. And. Well, she has like her own company. Yeah. And I think that's, he's her first client. Mm-hmm. And then they are on the boat, uh, James and blonde haired Helen, and they almost kiss. And he says, oh, I'm going through a rebound too, uh, from Pamela when he was eight, which is really charming. <laughs> And then she, then she kisses him and they spend the night together. And he says, uh, uh, well, first she says, would you mind putting that down to a momentary lapse of concentration? (laughs) And he says, I don't want to be confusion in your life, but something's happened since I met you. And that's why when he leaves, uh, he leaves a note on the pillow that says, wow, what a momentary lapse of concentration. Uh, I didn't love the fact that when he sees her talking to Jerry outside uh, that he then doesn't like talk to her again for weeks and weeks. Well, because like, let's not bury the lead. James forgot to tell Helen a little something, didn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, there's that, but I, I feel like a normal human being would just, talk about and ask like a simple question of what was going on with you and Jerry. Yeah. I mean, rather than just like you've Assuming. been building up this relationship and then just all of a sudden stop talking. Yeah, like don't sell sabotage. Like yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. let's figure it out, you know. And and the thing is he has no idea like what they were talking mm-hmm. about or what her reaction was and and mm-hmm. so he was being jealous, but that doesn't mean you completely cut people off. Yeah, you ask like a couple follow up questions. Absolutely, uh, and I'm a big Jerry... fan of asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry says, "Truth is, I can't write without you. I can't do anything without you. Remember how good we are together." And it is true that we like don't see that side mm-hmm. of the relationship. That it must have started with something good, yeah. and maybe they've just kind of gotten into a rut. And that's the problem uh, that then leads him to, not that it's justified, but that's what leads him to having the affair. I don't know. But, I feel um, like he is a person version of a rut. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, they were great together, according to Jerry, at least. Uh, Jerry, I, I mean, he's working on his novel, right? Like, no, he's uh-huh. not. Like, I don't believe anything Jerry thinks or says. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then we have we find out Lydia is late in oh, both stories. Scandal. Yes, and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Jerry comes back, and when he calls, well, he calls again. And then she does the 411 and finds out the number uh, of uh, Lydia's number, finds out Lydia's number. And, uh, and then um, she finds, she puts all the pieces together and she says, I felt like I was being unfaithful to James just being there. 
Mm. Uh, and I liked it. This was a very 1998 comment. And he says, uh, being with you makes the wait for the next episode of Seinfeld easier to bear. That was <laughs> yeah, that one made me chuckle. I remember being in high school and I was on the newspaper staff and I was one of the only freshmen. And every Friday morning, the seniors on the staff would talk about Seinfeld and I didn't know what they were talking about. So I had to start watching it. Yeah, the, it was a lot. It was a big part of the lexicon of that like era. Yeah, it so, really yeah, that was. makes me chuckle. Like, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I maybe mentioned it pet in the past, but I was actually in the hospital the day of the Seinfeld finale. Oh, <laughs> my my appendix out. <laughs> oh, I have my appendix out too, watched, but it wasn't then. <laughs> I watched the finale of Seinfeld in the hospital. <laughs> The only time I, I've ever been in the hospital overnight was yeah. after I had my appendix out. Yeah, that's the same for me. And all I remember from watching television was it was like the lobster, red lobster shrimp a thon or whatever. And every <laughs> other second that ad was on. And of course, after you have your appendix out, you can't eat like salad Right. <laughs> so I don't remember any TV except the red lobster commercials. <laughs> Very rude is what yeah. I'll say. Super so rude. she runs into James and he says, I wanted to call you. I thought you still had to deal with Jerry. Mm. And if I allowed you to deal with it, it would, it, you'd be able to deal with it. And, uh, and so they kind of make up and find out his mom's in the hospital. Uh, she offers to come with him. And uh, then we have uh they meet for drinks and then she goes to his rowing practice and or competition or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh we see her later on in her planner like drawing little a little drawing of him rowing which <laughs> felt very like so seventh grade beginning of, well in the beginning of a relationship kind of a thing to me yeah you know, but that you do like little drawings very, and yeah, like your initials, like <laughs> AL plus, right. <laughs> not Jerry. I'll tell you that much. Uh-huh. So then she goes to the hospital and she sees him there with his wife. And That's I do the think red flag for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think this is a pretty stupid conflict. I think yeah. anybody would just. I mean, it just feels like a reach for a conflict. And I think yeah. that uh, if you were having this kind of situation where you were pretending to be in a relationship, I think that you would just tell the person that you're dating. That you're separated. Uh, that, yeah, we're separated, but we're doing this. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. when we first see his wife in an earlier scene dealing with his mom's health, like you know, they sort of allude to it, but I was like, is this his sister? Is it going to be one of those things where they fake us and then she's going to think that it's his wife, but it's really his sister or something. But then it was his wife. And I was like, he knows the day he met her, he knows that she was fired and that she was cheated on. And so why would you not just say, Hey, you know, I can understand some of what you're going through, perhaps, because my relationship is ending, yeah. right? Like, it was, it's an easy fix. It goes back to him in the restaurant watching Helen and Jerry have the conversation and then him 
getting jealous and not talking to her. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, everybody, communication is key. It might be cheesy, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, this is a real rom-com kind of contravance that you're yes. having here. Yes. Uh, that uh, we it allows us to get the scene in the rain with, you know, yeah. if we aren't going to be together, make sure it's for the right reasons. Yes. You know, and all this stuff. And, uh, and then uh, I do think that, uh, I do think that Gwyneth Paltrow and John Hannah have really nice chemistry together. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, and especially it does help in a way, the fact that she has no chemistry with Jerry Ugh. and there's no like, <laughs> and so it, it kind of adds to you like, I think you like James even more yeah, because Jerry is such a buffoon. Yeah, and maybe that's where it goes back to decision-making. Like, sometimes we make dumb decisions when the obvious answer is right in our face. (laughs) So, uh, in Brown-Haired Helen, she finds out that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we get, she's trying to tell um, him about it. Jerry, Uh, but he's off having an affair. Yeah, and he was going to tell her, but then she falls asleep at one point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then Lydia says that maybe it's a Helen block. Maybe that's hmm. the reason why he's blocked. <laughs> but I did feel for her when she stubs her toe. That sounded <laughs> He's all painful. mad at her, and I'm like, oh, that's the worst when you stub your toe really bad like that. But it's like, it's he's like, can you be quiet or whatever? Like, he wants her to, like... You're making so much noise when I'm on the phone. It's like, I'm sorry, stubbing your toe on a bathtub, it hurts. And, it really hurts. And if you can control the noises that come out of you when that happens, then <laughs> that's your real power, Jerry. And you are not taking advantage of it. <laughs> well, and she says, I'm trying to win you back. I'm trying to be your girlfriend. I guess my question is, why? why? What does she see in this? Why would she want to be with him? I mean, she's a beautiful woman. She's confident. She could probably have any man that she wanted. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand why she is, yeah. is bothering and, with this guy. And that's it why doesn't we make need sense. a sliding doors Jerry version so we can really <laughs> deal with what's happening here. Because there's got to yeah. be more to him <laughs> and more to the story. But we just don't have it. And... The information we do have, to me, it seems like an easy decision. He shouldn't have yeah. all these problems because he should he should be working two jobs for himself and well, living by himself and trying to create his book. He shouldn't be doing all this stuff. I just, yeah. he's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have uh, that uh, it's interesting in, so this was 98, we see, so... Helen thinks she's pregnant and she drinks while pregnant, which I don't feel like you'd ever see now. She's like, yeah. Oh, you know, I shouldn't in my position, but she does anyway. Yeah, like you'll see that at that time. It'll be like just one drink or you know, something yeah. like that. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> Cause we were talking about that with um uh with Sex in the City. Yeah. That in our recap that there's one episode where Carrie thinks she's pregnant. And we see her drinking, and I again, I don't feel like you would see that now. No, I, you would, you would never see that. Yeah. But times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, Jerry, yeah, confronts Lydia, and uh, after she he sees her in the window, 
And she says, you know, that I'm pregnant. And uh, Helen thinks she has this big interview, this PR interview at the person's house. And she mm. goes there and it's Lydia. And that's the part I hate about yeah. Lydia. Like Lydia overall seems kind of mm-hmm. mean in this movie. Like, yeah, she, there's one part in brown haired Helen where she's delivering sandwiches as one of her oh, jobs. Yeah. And then like she summons her because she has to meet Jerry's girlfriend. And like she makes up a story about her staff getting sick off the sandwiches she ate and she's just like giving it to her for like no particular reason other than like it just Mm -hmm. felt like you know she just is like "Mm, there are other ways to go about this Lydia like I understand people might be in love triangles okay you know I understand these Uh things happen but there's got to be more ways than like putting her in situations that are going to be more traumatic right like you know it's not like Helen has done anything wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. She's just with a partner who is cheating on her. Um Yeah, I mean in Lydia, mm-hmm. she she's just like, Well, I don't I I now I've seen Helen and I don't get it. I don't see it. But uh but I don't understand I guess I don't see what she sees in Jerry. So I Lydia. What Lydia, she, Lydia, what is she Lydia. Doing? What is she doing? Yeah. And, and I, I just think like she's like kicking Helen when she's down. Like she knows she doesn't have a, she's working these two jobs. So she brings her in for a PR job just to like create this terrible Mm -hmm. scenario of gotcha. Like, I mean, I don't think Jerry should be able to go on without her knowing, but like that isn't the way to do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. It kind of reminds me of the end of the apartment. Uh, when um, mm. Fred Ma- Fred McMurray's secretary calls uh, his uh, wife and tells all the because she's just been fired the, yeah. the secretary and yeah she she calls uh, his wife and tells all the all the uh, details yeah, that he's been doing yeah and uh, I mean that's probably the better better way to handle it yeah. <laughs> if you want to maybe a letter <laughs> some sort of note yeah. <laughs> but helen falls down the stairs and in, in the in the blonde haired helen she gets hit by a car okay yeah what was up with this violence though y'all like <laughs> seriously like is there a way to end it with because the thing is like she's arguing with jerry and she falls down the stairs so like that felt really i was like jerry <laughs> you're uh-huh. killing me you're killing yeah. me i mean it's an accident it's not yeah but still, but I was just like, come on, bro. And then with blonde-haired Helen with James, I was like, just when they're coming back together and it's working <laughs> out. And then she gets hit by a car. I was like, this is rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor this Helen. person doesn't want anyone to be happy. Whoever created this. <laughs> but I do like when, when brown-haired Helen wakes up and sees Jerry and she's lost the baby. She wakes up. And she says, I want you to stand up, walk over to the door, open it, walk through it, and close it behind you. Uh, bye. This is pretty good. <laughs> See uh, you later. <laughs> and never come back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and when, uh, yeah, then James says goodbye to blonde-haired Helen. And he says, I'm glad you caught that train that day. Aww. Um, and then meets brown haired Helen in the elevator. So are we supposed to kind of assume that 
he won't really remember that like blonde haired Helen didn't really happen in the world of this movie. Oh, <laughs> because, because otherwise, I mean, if you, if your, if your partner had just died and, and here's you go into the Helen. elevator and you see someone who looks exactly like her with brown hair, you would be like really tripping out. <laughs> but Wait I think that's minute. what it's supposed to be that like the two versions are coming together yeah. and now brown-haired Helen won. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great question. Story. I didn't think about that. Like, wait a minute, isn't he going to be like, they're going to put me in the nut house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think that's, it, in the in the ending of this movie, brown-haired Helen is, is endgame. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so, so that aside, <laughs> like, okay, like, they're, the stories are coming together, so then we will assume <laughs> that this will be the first time that James is meeting Helen, right. let's say. Okay, yeah. that aside, again, can we go back to why is brown-haired Helen's path, you know, living on when blonde hair... Yeah. Because, like... I don't... I, was I like, don't know just, why they picked that one as the winner. Yeah, because I'm like, so she experienced more trauma, so, like, <laughs> now, now she deserves this good guy, but a woman who has a good guy doesn't deserve him? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Well, I mean, both both instances, she went through trauma, but one she just found out about much earlier than the other. Yeah, so here's so. her here's her timeline, brown haired Helen. Okay, <laughs> she gets fired. She gets mugged. She then yeah. has to work two jobs that she hates while yeah. her her partner is having an affair. Then she becomes pregnant by said cheating partner. And then when yeah. it gets, she thinks that she's going to have a chance at a PR job to get out of those two jobs. Yeah. She goes over for the interview, discovers that her partner <laughs> is cheating on her. There's yeah. an accident. She loses the baby. <laughs> well, I think we're supposed to assume she that now. She stands up for herself, though, and is like, get out of here. And yeah. so I guess that's the moment of cheering. I think we're supposed to assume that now she goes and does everything the blonde haired Helen does. Like, I think she's going to start the peer firm and she's going to, but she'll now be in this like relationship with James. So then basically we just at, sometimes we're not ready and sometimes we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ending ends up being the same. That's the interesting thing about this yeah. is that you, that's why I'm saying it's more, I think you're absolutely right about it being more about choices than about fate. Yeah. Because uh, the, you think that, oh, this is going to be a huge change of fate because of whether yeah. she uh, gets in the subway or not. But in reality, the ending is the same yeah. for, for Helen. Yeah. Um, whether she gets the subway well, do, or not. See, I think... It I just mean, takes a little longer in one situation than the other. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes we don't make the best decisions for ourselves or we wait to make decisions, you know... We'll mm -hmm. try to stick things out when really it should be like, let's make the best decision for ourselves yeah. in this moment. Um, and so sometimes we need information to make the decisions. And basically, uh, blonde haired Helen had the information that brown haired Helen didn't. Right. So it mm -hmm. took a little bit longer for her to make a more informed decision. Right. And like, yeah. I think, you know, this movie, I like it because it's a thinker. right? Yeah. <laughs> like it has you reflecting and thinking on things. I just can't stand Jerry. 
Yeah, Jerry is the worst. I do, and I really don't like Lydia either. Both of those characters are just so. Lydia, hard though, to I watch. feel like is a trope that a stereotype or a character or person that exists, though. Like mm-hmm. the sort of, um, you know, the so bad man of business. It's the bad woman of business, basically, and she knows the other what woman, she wants, kind and, of. Yeah. yeah, and just like really manipulative and um like i think they just give her a little too much screen time she's just so much that i just well it's just everything she's trying to do like she wants helen to be hurt by the fact that her boyfriend is cheating and it's like if you really want to be with jerry there's got to be a different way that you can go about it without making helen's life a living hell like let's not make it more traumatic well like like her version of being with jerry isn't really being with him anyway I mean, this sort of half and half kind of thing isn't a real relationship. So, And let's go back to Jerry's point, which is the only good thing that came out of Jerry is like, I didn't leave you. You left for America, Lydia. Right. And then you came yeah. back and now you want. So, so I guess if we take it in along the line of this movie, that her sliding door was going to America or not. I guess, I guess. Because, so maybe we Lydia. need Lydia's sliding door because <laughs> it's like she made a decision to go to America and it ended up not being a good one, perhaps. And yeah. so this is what, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. <laughs> I think my brain hurts. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can come up with Lydia's timeline right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's a fun movie. I think it helps so much that John Hanna and Grant Pelter have such nice chemistry together. He's yeah. so charming that it it maybe that even makes Jerry look even worse, and you become even more mad because you're just like, he, why he's got this in this alternate reality? She's got this other great guy, and yeah, yeah he does just- a stupid thing about about the wife. But again, that was kind of a contravance, a romantic comedy contravance, but. Um, they, they probably didn't need to do that because they had plenty of conflict, uh, anyway in the story. But, but anyway, I really like his performance. I really like their chemistry together and, uh, it is kind of an interesting thing to think about. It'll make your brain hurt if you think about it too much. That's why I uh, could go that, down the path of Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, you think about your life, like I was saying about my family moved to California. I mean. It's just what one of those things that PhD? changed. It changed everything. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, but uh, I don't think everything has that kind of meaning, but everything can have that kind of meaning. Yeah. So you never know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Got me thinking about my life. <laughs> yeah. Make it so I do think it's underrated. I think it deserves more love than it gets. Mm-hmm. And it also has a great soundtrack. Uh, yes, it does. There are a lot of really good songs in here. Um, and I I don't know. I just, I find it a, a fun, clever, uh, romantic comedy. And I think, again, because Gwyneth Paltrow became kind of uncool because of Goop and, you know, the people, I think a lot of people sort of just dismiss anything she did when I think that this is actually good and well, i did and um go ahead. i will admit i did think about i was like well here goes gwyneth <laughs> <laughs> yeah and her british and her accent i'm sometimes like uh yeah the british accent i was like i was like when she was talking to anna i was like anna sounds so natural 
where it's like sometimes Gwen Paltrow seems to be fighting with her accent. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I agree. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of the era of uh, where all the Americans were pretending to be British. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, she uh, also did it for Shakespeare um, in Love, too, Madonna right? did it, too, where she oh, all of a sudden was, like, British. <laughs> like, why gosh. Yeah. No, that why was... are you talking this way? That was interesting. <laughs> okay, I did ask on Twitter what people think of sliding doors and got a lot of responses. Um, nice. I have... Uh, Kim Pierce says, as a card-carrying member of the John Hanna fan club, this movie is foundational for yours truly. <laughs> Uh, we have film critic William Bibiani saying sliding doors is a low key classic. It's not just very good. It's one of those movies that didn't make a ton of money, but had a sizable impact on, on how future stories got told to the extent that the sliding doors moment is a now standalone term. So it's something that, uh, and in particularly a lot of sitcoms have done a sliding doors episode. I remember Frasier in particular did one, uh, sliding Frasier. Sliding Frasier. Yeah. Um, Michael Lickett says, oh, I thought you actually meant actually sliding doors. Didn't realize it was a movie. Never saw it. Uh, AJ Curtis says, I like it. John Hanna's performance is what I remember the most. The weaving of realities has a symmetry I appreciate. Jim Macatalo says, loved it when it came out, saw it multiple times, and in and I am not a Paltrow fan, but loved this. Yeah. I liked the two stories and thought they did that well. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard Stavis says, I enjoyed it. I liked the idea and how it was executed. Uh, uh, R.L. Saltman says, saw it when it came out, loved it. Doesn't always make sense, but it is well acted <laughs> and you care about the characters. Minus Rich Jerry. Mc- yeah. Rachel McMillan says, one of my favorites <laughs> since I was a kid. Love the hero. Trivia Chick, she says, adore it. I'm not a romance movie person, really, but it made me feel like maybe there was hope for even someone like me. Oh. Uh, then uh, Carlo, movie loot, he says, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember being a pleasant surprise. I was expecting a more generic rom-com, and it was mm. a bit more than that. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of comments. Uh the uh the people saying loved it loved it a lot of people say never seen it so you got to check it out it's it's a really cute little movie i can't and, believe all those people who said they loved it didn't have nothing to say about jerry <laughs> <laughs> come on yeah jerry's the worst jerry agree on that. the worst oh my gosh yeah <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. That is uh, sliding doors. I, I mean, using our crown scale, I would mm. probably give it a four out of five. I really enjoy it. I think it, it it's it's a lot of fun. I would probably do the same. I I think it like I said. I think it gets you thinking about your life and relationships and decisions that you make. And I do mm-hmm. like the the cross of the of the stories. But I think we all know how I feel about Jerry. So <laughs> yeah, it might range between three, five, and four because I just cannot. I just what yeah. is up with this character? <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, let us know what you think if uh, if you've seen it. What do you think if you're listening and where what rating you would give it? And 
uh, what you think of brown haired Helen and blonde haired Helen <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry. Oh my God. <laughs> Jerry. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us know. And if there's any other sort of underrated rom-coms that, that you think might be a fun one for us to talk about, uh, just let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And Elisa, where can people find you? Yes, I am friends with Lisa, with Elisa, that's my name, all over social media. So on Twitter, I'm friends W Lisa, and that is also my webpage. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all over social media. And I'll put a link to the playlist for all of our On Friendship episodes. Mm. Definitely want to check all of those out. And uh, make sure you check out the patron group and merch store. We would really appreciate it. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews to both of our podcasts. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.